right, so we've reached the point in uh, our Aggie life, at least I have, that everything is about the Aggies when I go anywhere, even outside of College Station. Very popular uh, social topic, apparently, for people. While I do it with you all, my uh, Aggie friends here on Tex-Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, in the Rollo Insurance Studio, it is the Go Hour, presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. OB's with us. So, OB, we do this... 15 hours a week is like the bare minimum of Aggie football talk we do because there's extra shows, gambling geezers. There's other things we do um, that you do, I do. I do luchador, I've, you know, up to the second college football. So between 15, 20 hours a week, we are talking Aggie football. In our normal lives, we probably talk about it a lot. But there are times in my day that I don't want to talk about it, especially after losses. I am like... I do what I got to do to make sure that I'm ready to go for the show and I'm aware and I'm ready to ask the right questions, even if you don't believe it. Uh, but there's a point where I just don't want to do it. I don't want to think about it for a little bit. So yesterday, as you know, I didn't even get to say goodbye to you. I got to the airport, rushed to find my wife. Actually, I rushed to Starbucks then the, to my wife, uh, who picked me up to go see my parents in Houston. I hadn't seen them in six weeks. Hi, David. What happened to the Aggies again? <laughs> That's a conversation I've had a lot. Mom, I really don't want to talk about it. I right, but what, what is happening? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Mom, it's all. And she, she does it with a lot of love. Then my brother gets there. Dude, we suck. Yeah. He goes, well, what's the deal? Like, we're going to lose everybody? Are we going to lose everybody? No, nah, I don't think we're going to lose everybody. We're going to fire everybody? I don't know if we're going to fire everybody. All right. And then we go to my mother-in-law's house. My uh, brother-in-law's an Aggie. Dude, I didn't watch, but we lost again, right? I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I figured we would. That is where we are right now in this Aggie football season. But I, I say this to you before giving you even a word yet, OB. Just six months ago, whatever time it was, I was also very popular at parties and social events. Dude, Jimbo went scorched earth on Nick. Bro. Even ladies were talking like that. Uh, after the number one recruiting class, Christmas break. Dude. Number one class. We're going to kill it. We're going to win national championships. Still the same talking point about the Aggies, just different parts of it. That's where we are, OB. That's where we are. We are um, in the abyss of college football right now. Um, That loss was – I don't know – if I can remember covering, because I wasn't there at uh, Louisiana Lafayette when mm-hmm. they lost that game, I don't remember covering a, a a game where I thought A&M was more lackluster. Like I was there at seventy-seven zero, but that was an Oklahoma team that was a championship contender. I was there fifty-nine nothing, and. Uh, uh, that was a number one Alabama. The only game I can think of off the top of my head that left me as, you know, just feeling as, as I don't want to use the word disgusted, but that's what's coming to mind right now, uh, was, and everybody remember the Todd Blythe game, Iowa State, when you needed one more win to get bowl eligible. And this game, you needed a win to stay bowl eligible or to have a the chance. possibility yeah. of bowl eligibility. And then we'll remember that. Iowa State of all teams, Iowa State, a team that would never have, you know, will never beat A and M in a recruiting battle, or at least 
to that point, you would have thought. Right. And they went out and just destroyed the Aggies at Kyle Field. So I guess because it was at Kyle Field, maybe that was worse. But the fact is, um, that's not a good Auburn football team. But they were they were bad. They were worse than South Carolina. I thought South Carolina was bad. And South Carolina is bad. And, and and that you know both of those both of those losses are. And you add in Appy State, and those three losses. Those are the biggest indictment of uh, the coaching staff this year is that you couldn't find a way to uh, to to win those games. And it it's what's frustrating is, you know, A and M kind of. Gave away those wins. We know the way they started against uh, against uh, uh, South Carolina. You know the way they finished, not making plays that were there against Appalachian State. And in this game, you know, you know for whatever reason, one because of injury, your best offensive player is gone, and then number two because of sleeves. We think your you know your second best receiver is out and. This offense has enough trouble scoring anyway, but when you when you start losing players that that are con, you know major contributors, but that said, a chain, moose, anybody else is a skill position um, can't block for the for the quarterback to be protected. So it was just a complete and total meltdown from the offensive side. Here's the part that really against a bad defensive team, by the bad way. Bad defensive team that had given up 39, at least 39 in four straight games. Four straight games. Um, I don't even remember when they had 39 yards of offense. You know, at what point they got there. Here's a part that really bugs me, and that bugs not the right word. Concerns, yeah, torments, all everything. Torments. Our savior, and we put a lot on this young freshman, Connor Wigman. Look. A little pedestrian in this game. And I don't put that all on him. I don't put any of it on him. Yeah, I don't. You're right. I don't think they put him in a position early on to succeed. Like, they, they didn't put him in many rollouts. They didn't do quick plat. I know that I asked Jimbo. People say we don't ask questions. I asked about up-tempo. He said they were going up-tempo all game. They just didn't get first downs to be able to keep it going. Um, but I feel like it doesn't matter who you – like, that, that's why, like, there were some apologies towards Zach and Haynes and Max and, and Connor. This offense – is prehistoric. It's your it's your great iPhone analogy. It, the, tell everybody that. Well, one. my iPhone analogy is you got a guy that has uh, hey, I've got an iPhone one, and you're saying yeah, it doesn't work the way it used to. Yeah, it does. There's nothing wrong with my phone. It's always worked. Ten years ago, it worked perfectly. I got every call ever ever sent to me. It was perfect. You see, yeah, but th- things have changed. No, it doesn't. Well, you're having trouble getting stuff. I know it's 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 the caller's fault. It's not the iPhone. It can't be the iPhone. It worked ten years ago. It worked yeah. great. It can't. It's got to be the caller's fault. Um, we should get uh, a friend of mine, Ron Higgins, on. Uh, he works. Uh, he's been covering losing uh, LSU for years and mm-hmm. works over there. So maybe next week, and. He was a guy that uh, was always so frustrated in all of his reports about Les Miles' offense and how Les Miles refused to change. And I think, at least it appears, that we are uh, uh, struggling through a similar situation. Now, I asked Jimbo Fisher, you were there, if uh, after the game, if, if that offensive, I don't want to call it a performance, showing, would lead him was that the 
I was wondering if that's the final straw to lead him to accepting that, hey, you know what, we need to make changes on this offense and bring in an offense coordinator to play, call. And he, you know, he said, well, even if you do, you know, the things are still the same. And you know, you can you can hear the response. I mean, I was paraphrasing, but you can hear the response and make of it what you want. Nick, try to see if you can find that bite. It was early on that question. If you don't have to get it for this segment, but just at some point during the go hour, if we can get that. It's. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear that. Look, it is what it is right now. It's. It's. It's officially basketball season. We're still talking football. Obviously, it's a heavy part of the show. But like, the very little hope that I had that this team could get bowl eligible and make it, just make the end of the season feel good. I don't know if I can feel good at five and seven. And yeah, you beat LSU, which I, after what we just saw, I mean. I think they're going to destroy UMass, but I don't even know anymore. Like it's it's just football at this point. Like let's just watch it and move on. Yeah, um, I think well they're going to beat UMass. They'll probably beat it uh, beat them by a wide margin, and it's, they're going to say see the offense. But you're going to have to take into account that UMass may very well be the 130th team or 131. They've lost now. six in a row too, right, or something like that. Well, they're just they're they're, they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, they may be the worst team in the country. I think their one win was over Stony Brook, which I believe is an FCS opponent. Um, so you're going to win that one. And you understand that upsets happen every week. Let I remind you, and I know you've brought this up before, You uh, LSU was hoping to get bowl eligible when they were a huge underdog against A&M last mm-hmm. year and won and pulled off the upset. Upsets happen every week. We acknowledge that. However, you also have to acknowledge that at least to, to date, you've seen nothing uh, maybe since the season opening win or since LSU season opening loss to Florida State. Since then, maybe you've probably seen nothing that would make you feel like that you could look at it and say, this is why A&M can win that game. Yeah, there's no reason. I mean, look. Upsets happen every week. I – and I know people are sick of hearing, we have the talent, we have the talent. Well, I don't know if we have the – I mean, I assume we have the talent. The, the, the stars are there. It, it doesn't matter. I care about the product on the field. And the product on the field this entire season has, has been well below expectations. I'd even say the Sam Houston game. I'd say the Miami game. I'd say the, even the Arkansas game. Below what I expected from this team. Um, you, well, you and everybody else. I mean, A&M was ranked sixth. Now, even I thought that was too high. But I would have certainly had A&M in the top 15. I never saw a potential four and eight season coming. Hey, listen, listen this is for kicks and giggles, and you guys can text the show and tell me what your thoughts are, are on this. Text us out on the A&B text line, 979-693-1150, A&B, a college station branch of the Amarillo National Bank, Good Texas Banking website, amb.com. We know how low things are right now, okay? Right now. There's as low as they can be. Flip A&M's record to right now at 7-3 and three with LSU coming heavily favored. We would still think the season would be a disappointment. Yeah. I, I yeah, again, I acknowledge it. Uh, I said at the beginning of the year that I thought anything less than 10 wins would be a disappointment. Now, I'm one of those that will count the 10th win in a bowl game, but still, anything less than 10 wins would have been a disappointment. Um, And uh, But I 
I mean, this is catastrophic. This is. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. Now, the 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 the, the other way to look at it is, and it's true, A and M has an inordinate number of injuries. They have a team. You can look at the at the depth. Well, if they had a depth chart, you know, A and M. I guess they're trying to pull a fast one on everybody. That hadn't worked. I'll pull a Kevin Summerline. How's that worked out for you? But if you look at the class breakdown. A&M is very heavy in freshmen and sophomores, redshirt freshmen, you know, all those. I think they started five freshmen, true freshmen on offense and two more mm-hmm. redshirt freshmen on offense, all those things. That put that, that makes things difficult. But that said, uh, should have been better this year than, than you are. Uh, and every other team has major injury. LSU lost its best defensive lineman for the season in the first game of the season. They've rebounded quite nicely. They've yep. gotten better as the season gone on. A and M. I don't know what A and M's peak was, but they've been doing the old uh, uh, giant slalom downhill ever since. There's a tweet that was going around this weekend that said Brian Kelly has accomplished in year one what A and M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State have never accomplished, which is getting to Atlanta for an SEC championship game in year one. He's a, he's always been a good football coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's had some good breaks, but they've made some of their good breaks. And yeah. he showed well. He he showed some. I, I, I I'm not going to use the word I used on Twitter. He showed some great intestinal fortitude mm-hmm. against Alabama going for it, and he came up with a really maybe not a an outrageous play, but he came out with. with needing two yards to win the game. He came out with a play that had a really high chance of success. Let's listen to Jimbo, a little bit part of his uh, opening remarks there after the uh, the loss to Auburn. And just got to find a way to get our offense. We could not get in rhythm. Whether we dropped a ball, whether we got a sack, whether we had a penalty, whether we had a negative run, just could not get above the sticks and keep going. We did two or three drives and then the last couple drives right there. But – uh, didn't do it, and I got to mess on me. I got to find a way to do that and get us back and find ways, even when we're not running, to find ways to run it or take pressure off in, in the pass game and, and to help and chip. We're trying to chip the ends and do things, and they got that. But uh, they, they played a physical game. We were able to make one more play than we did, and, and where we went. And we didn't play as well offense with defense. But like I said, we need to be a little more, we play the run better, but we still bent and, and made critical plays at critical times and kept the points down and really kept us in the game for what we had to do. And uh, a couple penalties we had were. And a couple uh, knucklehead penalties that we just uh, could have, uh, I think we could have really helped us and got down there. But, you know, we got to do a better job in the next game. Question. Yeah. You know, I want to say this. The defense did do a better job against the run in the second half, but they still gave up 270 yards rushing. And as far as keeping you in the game, yeah, they, they were in the game but uh, because they didn't give up a lot of points. But let's also be looking at things uh, uh, honestly. Um uh, uh, Auburn in the second half missed a field goal. It was a long one, but they missed it. They missed a go a gimme touchdown. They, they had a guy wide open on that wheel on route. the wheel route. Yeah. Would have been a seventy six yard touchdown. Ashford, who had in the, in the same, pretty much the same play, they scored their touchdown on, and uh, Ashford just missed him. He's that good. Uh, no. Uh, then they were at the A and M twenty four. And fumbled a uh, uh, botched a, a handoff exchange, and A and M was able to recover it. Wasn't that? I, I mean, great that McKinley, who is playing well, got over there to 
to recover the fumble, but that wasn't mm-hmm. a play that A&M made so much. It was a mistake that Auburn made. So, the, yeah, they didn't get a lot of points, but the fact of the matter is in the, in the second half, they were set up to score a lot of points and just didn't no. because they're not a good football team. Let's go around the room and say hello. We go behind the glass. Nick Savage is there. Nick, good morning. Morning, y'all. How's it going? Could be Wait, better, I guess. Hey, what are you wearing? A flannel. What's Looks wrong good. With that? Thanks, I'm man. Just, no, there's nothing wrong yeah, with it. I just I'm used to it like Texas gear. Like yeah, it, well, I was wearing that earlier, but you know, looks it's, good. It's winter weather, so it gotta, is. Got to bring it out, but um, yeah, uh, I got to go see the the Ags basketball team on Friday. They look good on the positive side of things, but um, I want to read this tweet to y'all too. Galveston Ag on Twitter. He said, "Ruben Fathery with a chain out today." will be the only player on both sides of the ball from our week one starters to start in game one and play in every game until this week. So one guy out of the starting 22. Hey, why don't I say this about Connor Wigman uh, that I loved is that maybe it was self-preservation, but he'd get under pressure and he'd at least try to make something out of it. Yep. But why you keep your guy in a pocket that many times when you know when you know that you can't block. Yeah. I, I just can't figure it out. Let's go to the News and Social Center. Tomas Romo is manning the fort. Good morning, Tomas. Good morning, guys. A little cheery, a little trying to get some energy today. Guys. I have not. Football, I no, football no has, has sapped my energy. Kryptonite has I'm in the hit. same boat. I mean, the Cowboys lost yeah, yesterday, was, so that, that wasn't fun. I just feel like I'm just going to get flogged. I feel like the guy in Animal House just says, thank you, sir, may I have another? I got it. I got it. I know that movie. Haven't seen it, though. Well, you've missed one of the, the, the classics of all time. I believe it all. And, well, let's get into some news. Women's basketball yeah. dominates Put Army. Put you on double secret probation. <laughs> Women's basketball dominates Army 73-49. of 49. Texas A&M dominated points off turnovers. Second chance points has improved to 2-0 on the season. The Aggies defense recorded 11 steals against Army. The Maroon and White. Ruled the glass, owning a 53-32 to 32 edge in rebounds, including 28-8 to 8 on the offensive end. Thank you for that. What else we got? I got some text message for you guys. Madden in Houston asked, if there are coaching changes going to be happening in the offseason, how does Jimbo even convince coaches to want to come to Texas A&M? I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. How about with uh, the money you're going to pay them? And the opportunity, the opportunity and the facilities. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's yeah. Uh, coaches get fired every, you know, every year – Ever, that that that's the least that's the absolute least of your worries Brian Harson was able to get people right like yeah. it, it happens uh Lane Kiffin lost his uh, they that, were winning but I'm just saying like that's there's the, issues everywhere yes, that is the absolute least of your of your concerns yeah the concern <laughs> is keeping your people and adding people that's the concern yeah so so what do you want to do uh whoever that was do you want to keep coaches that are underperforming because you're afraid other coaches won't want to come here so okay. Uh, I'm afraid I won't get a a new spouse, so I'm going to stay with the abusive one. That happens. That actually <laughs> it, uh, does happen. Unfortunately, right? Tomas, we'll get to some more text messages here in a minute. All right, uh, when we come back here on Texax Radio, OB, let's uh, go to the turning point when <laughs> the game started. We'll get into that when we when we return. But right now we're talking about the Association of Former Students. Uh, check them out, guys. Check out IamTheWhy.com. That's the, the website I've been telling you about to watch. Look, right now. Aggie football has got us all in our, our, our feelings, right? 
Imagine being like just finding one little Aggie thing to be excited about. Well, how about Aggie stories? Because uh, if you go to IamTheY.com, that's what you're going to find. You're going to find stories through the Aggie lens. Um, people who have persevered, people who have gone through some uh, awesome times, some difficult times, and how they've made it on the other end. And it's a great place you can go see what the Association of Former Students' Mission is all about because you are their why. You can upload your story there as well, as well on IamTheY.com. But the, the beauty is you get to feel the Aggie spirit when tough times, good times, all that. It's all on there. You can upload your story, family story. It's such a good place to go and feel that Aggie vibe out there. I encourage you to check it out. IamTheY.com is the website. IamTheY.com, the association of former students. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love, you know, Linda Ronstadt, when I was like a uh, sophomore in high school, that was my, uh, that was my crush. She was Linda Ronstadt. I'm gonna Google. I don't remember what she looks like. Linda. Ronstadt, well, you have to look like what eighty she, years old. Let's yeah, see she's what probably she not like. the same. No. No, I'm, I'm thinking it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well the, the the most recent picture you're right. No, I mean yeah, again that was back when she was a you know thin, Actually, yeah she was thin cokehead yeah. you know keeping all that weight off but pretty uh, lady. yeah, yeah she pretty, was, very pretty lady. Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. What was the little stat you were putting in your head? Just well, a I was ago? just thinking of, um, you know, what you got to do is when the, we, we talk about their records here, and what it really comes down to is what are you going to do against the SEC West? Yep. And now we start thinking about it, and A and M has in the last two years is I believe we would say three at this point three and eight. Against the SEC West, it's three and eight or three and nine. Well, they still got to play LSU this year. Okay, so I think it'd be three and eight. You've, you're one and one against Alabama. Yep. You are one and one against Mississippi, Mississippi State. No, zero oh, and two. Auburn. Auburn. Oh, you're one, yeah, and one, one against, against Auburn. Auburn. One and one against Arkansas. Yep. Zero oh, and two against Mississippi State. Yep. Zero oh, and two against uh, Ole Miss, and right now zero oh, and oh, one against, against LSU. Yeah. Yeah, that's again. It's it's what are you gonna do against the SEC West that really matters the most? So I'm here to just throw this out there. Jimbo Fisher has never had a losing season. This year is that losing season, and we're gonna find out. And you reminded me, Brian Kelly, a couple times. He went four and eight one year. I think he had a six win season one year. He's now everybody loves him again. And he's, <laughs> what he's and he deserves the credit he's getting. By the way, I'm not saying he doesn't. But this is Jimbo's first year to have a losing record. So is he going to be an aging athlete that just lost a step and you see it immediately the next season, right? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to be Brett Favre when it looked like he was done at Green Bay? And I know he's probably a bad example with the news right now. But goes to Minnesota and has an MVP-type season, right? What is Jimbo going to do I would have, next year? I would have said Kurt Warner. Kurt but, Warner, okay. <laughs> but... Uh, but Kurt, oh yeah, Kurt Warner did come. He was a nobody, became somebody, left for dead, came back with Arizona and took them to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Um, I here's what I think. I think it's very dependent. I think where Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M program goes from here is very dependent on whether or not you can keep the vast majority of this freshman class together. If there is, I was going to save this for later, but if there is, if you become Texas A&M yep. <laughs> and there's a major exodus, I don't see how you recover from it because, you know, the, I guess you play the transfer portal, but the, you're not putting together a big time recruiting class right now for this year. And so 
you've got to base all your hope for the future. And there's a lot of hope for the future if you keep the vast majority of this 2022 mm-hmm. recruiting class together. If you can do that, you can bounce back fast in a big way, provided you make a couple of changes in your offense. I stand corrected. Jimbo did have a losing season his last season at Florida, Florida State. State. He went five and seven. This will be no matter, not no matter what, more than likely will be his uh, worst season. Are you sure they went five and seven? Five and six. Five and six. They went 11 games according to. But he didn't get the loss in the last one, right? Didn't they lose their bowl game? I thought, and see, they're not giving him credit, and I understand that. They're not giving him credit for the ULM game. Did he not? Did, I'm looking at their. I thought there was that the. Because they got into a bowl game, right? With five wins? Well, I guess I don't. I thought they, the big deal was the, that there was. I thought, if I, and look, I'm getting older, I forget things. But I thought that year they. Uh, they had a game against, I think it was ULM canceled because of a hurricane, and then they played it at the end of the year, and there was a big uh, uh, criticism about that, saying, well, he's just playing it to, to, to try to they, maintain the streak of bowl eligibility. According Did that to, not happen? According to this, Florida State won their bowl game, but he was not with them 32-13 right. to 13 over Southern Miss. Um, so how they get into a bowl game? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have spoken about his losing records. But that being said... If it, it doesn't matter. He has, for the most part, been an excellent coach record-wise throughout his career. Now, I'll go through it for everybody. 10 wins, 9 wins, 12 wins, 14 wins, 13 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins, 5 wins in 2017, according to uh, sportsreference.com. Then uh, 9 wins, 8 wins, 9 wins, 8 wins. This year, 3 wins. Yeah. Let's go to the, uh, that question that you asked. How, and we don't have the question in this part because the, the sound was really low there. How did you phrase it? Uh, it was something along the lines of, uh, with this offensive showing, will that lead you to uh, accept that you need to uh, change the offense and bring somebody else in to help update it? Yep. Something along those lines. Let's, see, let's listen to Jimbo. Well, I mean, there's, there's an offense we run – it's still the same, just similar all schemes across the board. We just got to call it better, coach it better, and do it better. And, and if we bring somebody in, if that whatever happens, it doesn't matter. It's still verticals or verticals, smashes or smashes, and like, we got to get it coached better and do a better job of it. So we'll evaluate everything. We'll evaluate everything, uh, and I believe they will. I do believe that they will. All right, let's hit a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the turning point. We'll get into some of your text messages there on the A and B text line, and uh, yeah, we'll keep it going. It is Texas Radio. Right now we're talking Millican Reserve, farm-to-table community <laughs> in College Station, homes, trails, farms, and wide-open spaces. OB, I'm going to be very honest with you. you know, we, a lot of times we like to have fun with the animal sounds <laughs> at Millican Reserve. I think today the animals are doing this. They're numb, too. Yeah, a day, it's a day of silence. <laughs> but when basketball season keeps rolling, and, they, and then they're going to be back to making those noises. What kind of noise will they make? Like a... That's what they do. Some, you know, it might be... in a, when you're in a situation like this, it's probably nice to have a real secluded, quiet place to go home to. Absolutely. Where nobody's asking Peaceful. you, hey, David, get us with the Aggies. You won't get that. The, the birds and the, and the bears, they don't talk. They don't have bears there that I know of. That being said, go check out Millican Reserve, a wonderful community. I love it. I get the veggies there, uh, 30 miles of trails and homes. Check out the website, millicanreserve.com. Again, that is millicanreserve.com. We did. We tried to tempo them, but we, couldn't, we didn't get any first downs. 
You know what I mean? And we're trying to get tempo. We, we don't tempo, up tempo probably 70% of the game tonight, 70, 80% maybe. Then we tried to get a couple, then we said, okay, it's just try to make get in the right play and, and do the right things with some checks on the run. But went back, but we were up tempo a bunch. We were up tempo most of the game. We just couldn't sustain or we got a penalty or you know, got a negative play in this situation. No disrespect, but my opinion of up tempo, it's different. Um, yeah, might be different definitions from individual to individual. And, and the reason I say that is I, be, I believe that there's this. It's like they don't have a you like. How would you communicate back in the day without phones and cell cell phones, telephones, like Telegram? That's what it feels like getting the the play call into the quarterback. Now there's like I see this movement, whatever quarterback it is, waiting, looking, looking, looking more, looking, looking more. Okay. And it goes to the plate. Um, now, to to maybe what he means is, had they gotten first downs, they would have not allowed changes, but they weren't moving the ball at all. Like you know, but too often I see timeouts called because the play hasn't come in on time or the personnel's not right, and that and you get false starts yeah. because you're waiting and waiting and you know, yeah, we know. So we have gone 39 minutes and barely touched the moose conversation. Um, the the new the moose stuff to me is interesting and for those who don't know i assume if you're listening to the show you know moose didn't play in the game saturday and what has been reported by billy is that it was about his sleeves right he wanted to wear these sleeves and jimbo and coley told him he could not um and he either refused or his teammates told him not that he just didn't play so he, he sat out the entire well, i think what must have happened was he had him on he was back for the opening kickoff that they did not return Mm-hmm. And only thing figure, and he is he was he actually he, out there on the yes. okay yeah. So what I'm figuring is they told him don't wear the sleeves for some reason because apparently he's worn them before. Yeah, and we have games, we have post games. You can see that they but was told for whatever reason for that game not to wear. Okay. This is what it appears, and he went. I'm going to wear them anyway because I always wear them. Whatever. He goes back to return to kickoff. He must be coming off, and they see that he has them on. They said. This is what I think happened. They said, hey, you're out for the rest of this game. We told you not to. You put him on anyway. I don't remember seeing him on the opening kickoff. He was. He was there. Because I remember seeing him, but during while I was writing my column, I actually texted my wife and said, because we always video the game, would you just look back at the opening kickoff and see if number seven is back there to return it? And he was there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, um, my whole thing is I still – I personally, before I do hot sports take, Jake, I would I want more information. But if it is as simple as, hey, I don't want you wearing it. I told you guys I don't want you wearing it. You can't wear it. No, I'd rather wear it. No, you can't wear it. Then I, I side with Jimbo there. There's too many other things that I'm, you know, we're upset about the coaching staff. I, I use this analogy with you during the break. Sometimes I, I allow my youngest daughter to watch YouTube. Sometimes. You know, parental guidance, obviously. And sometimes I don't. And if she doesn't, when I tell her she can't, there are, there are consequences for that. If I tell her she can't, she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. There's some major consequences for that. Uh, you, we can disagree about the rule, if it's a dumb rule, why they have it, yada, yada, yada. But if the coach says, this is my rule, stick to it, and you don't, I understand not playing. The season feels lost anyway. Okay. Uh, th- that, that's all valid. I just wonder if it's been something that's been okay before. Why is it suddenly an issue? And I find it odd that I would sacrifice, I would say, the number three most productive player on my offense on a, on a 
offense is having trouble. Maybe number two. Maybe. Well, I'm just putting Stewart and A-Chain ahead of him, and you didn't have A-Chain. Yeah. So, in that case, the number two over the course of the season, most productive player on your offense, and I'm going to sacrifice him over Slee that all apparently throughout his whole career I've never had a problem with. So, what you're saying is absolutely valid. I can't argue with it. I'm just wondering why that – why that at this time, at this time, why that suddenly became such an issue that I would further, if we talk about the self-inflicted wounds, why I would f- it, self-inflict another one. Well, again, that's why I need more information right, before I have right. a real hot sports take because I don't know how the exchange was. If, if the dialogue with Moose was, I'm going to do whatever I want and you can't tell me what to do, then I don't, I don't, I'm not saying he did that, by the way. I want to make sure. I'm just saying, I don't, however that it's exchange all, we're went. We're all trying to guess. Right? What? And that's why I think it's, it, we have to address the topic, but I don't think we need to like, because we don't know. There's, there's so much information that could come out later that will give us some. So that's why, and we see this in other things in, in sports, and I'd like for more information to come out. If it's as simple as the coach says no, he says yes, then, you know, there are consequences for that. I understand that A&M's trying to win a game and they need their, their second best offensive weapon. Um, but again, today we'll ask Jimbo about it. We'll see if we get any info. I, I don't know. I, to me, and Tomas Romo liked this analogy. Um, to me, and I don't want to sound like I'm defending him because, again, I'm, I'm like you, but to me, Tomas Romo is this batter. And the outside pitch right off the outside corner has been called a ball the whole game. And now, you know, or actually maybe – it's been a double – the whole season, this one official mm-hmm. or one up has been calling that a ball. And now with a full count up in a big game or, or whatever, now it's a strike. And you're like, how in the – what changed? Well, at the end of the day, the ump is in, is in charge. And, and you're out. And you're out. And you're out. And, and, if, and Moose was out. And here's, here's another one for Tomas. If he wears a hat – at there at the News and Social Center, and I've told him, don't wear a hat. And maybe a couple times I've allowed it just because I haven't paid attention because my, my, my show <clears throat> sheet is too convoluted. Here, here's my, 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 sh- my show sheet, right? Like all these. Uh, Are you sure you're not going to call some plays Hold on, the A&M offense? Fourth and two. Fourth and two. Uh, and, I, and I don't notice it or it's just like I don't want to worry. And then pregame, I'm like, dude, we've had this, or pre-show, we've had this discussion. Don't wear a hat. He's like, no, I'm, I'm wearing the hat. My hair doesn't look good today. Deal with it. No, you're not wearing the hat on my show. Then you're out. And like I said, it's all valid. I'm just wondering why it was suddenly an issue if it hasn't been before. But I, but I think both parties, both parties, the team and Moose, Moose deserves I, to more to the story. I, yep, yeah, there's got to be more to it. There has to be. But I'll say this: I want, I think consistency in what you're doing is important. Whether it's being uh, like Jimbo saying, "Hey, we got to be consistent and always make the play," or whether you're coaching and dealing with your players. I'm going to ask you a very simple question before we hit a break, and I don't think there's a simple answer. But this is a question that I think I'm asking you, I'll ask Billy, and we should ask Jimbo. Why has this team taken a step back? Well, and he's going to, I would guess, start with listing his injuries, and then he's going to talk about youth and inexperience, and then that's going to come into – we're, you know, we're just not consistent. But when we're talking, because I think they have, 
Because, you know, they're only one play away. Well, it's all about execution. And that's why I tell people, start with the Texans. And they suck. When it's now two straight seasons, because last season, outside of Alabama, was a disappointment. True or untrue? True. But we, we thought that that could be explained because most teams that lose their starting quarterback are going to have problems. But we have new lens. Then we do have new data. New data to say two seasons in a row, the offense has been horrendous. They have struggled against. And is it just offensive issues or is it a, a systemic issue at A&M right now? Mm. Because the defense did get better in the game, but the defense has been a problem stopping the run for two years now. Um, I think it's more really just about this year. I, I think a, last year was disappointing, but um, you – I think, I think you last year was was disappointing. This year is an unadulterated disaster. Mm-hmm. I think last year's team, this year, is is at least it's it's probably last year's team this year is probably looking at ten wins. You give me Kenyon Green out there and Bryce Foster and the guy, the way the guys on the right side were playing on the offensive line, uh, and DeMarvin Leal and uh, uh, Michael Clemens and some of those, you know, yeah. Because I can one of the things coming into this year, you know, we talked about obviously where's the pass rush going to come from, and that's been a big difference. Uh, and and quite frankly, some of those guys uh, were better in the in run defense. But DeMarvin can set an edge. Can A can A M set an edge? No, they cannot. Well, DeMarvin can set an edge. Clemens too. Yeah. A M can't set an edge, yeah. or either don't want to. And, and by the way, I'd have Mal Elko too if I had last year's. Well, team. And, and also, last year's team felt like even when they lost the last two games. It felt like they had figured things out, right? The old Miss game, there was a pick. You know, again, though, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. It's been two years of underperforming, and that's where I have an issue. Let's do this. Let's hit a break. We're, we're going to come back. I got – I'm, I'm going to do something that I shouldn't do. I want more information with the Moose situation, right? I want to re-watch – I didn't watch the broadcast. I want to watch the broadcast before I have a hot sports take, but I have a, an opinion about broadcasters and um, showing sometimes their love for their team. And I'm just going to ask the question out there. By the way, you can text the show on the A&B text line, 979-693-1150. Brazos Running Company time now. Uh, they've moved to a new location there in Century Square. By the way, the shoes that you can get there, the prices, it's just awesome. I know I've got some uh, good friends that got some hokas there recently. He says, oh, they are the bomb. They're locally owned. Aggie Shop, uh, specialty running store, I should say, with an outstanding selection for running gear. You've got uh, brands like... Uh, on and hoka if you're a runner walker interested in fitness the right shoes make all the difference in the world you should be changing them what every 250 to 300 miles something like that at brazos running company they're passionate about running and finding the right shoe for you so they got a new location and they've got expert level of service there and so much more more space more brands birkenstock market exclusive retailer for uh, viore which is awesome clothing line one of the hottest athletic wearers out there remember brazos running company for your holiday shopping it's a great place to check out brazos running company now located in century square below the star cinema grill there in college station all right we're back tech tech radio presented by david gardner jewelers here in the raw insurance studio go hour presented by the warehouse at cc creations all right Obi, let's get into uh so 
I didn't hear. I didn't watch the broadcast. I didn't hear the broadcast. We were there, and I understand Jordan Rogers was pretty funny and the way he was talking about Jimbo's offense. And Cole Kublick apparently showed his love for Auburn post game and maybe a little bit during the game. I think Nick told me, yeah, you could feel how much they were pumping up Cadillac. Um, and you have said to me privately, and I think on the show too, mm-hmm. that you don't like when broadcasters you can guess what school that they root for. Yeah, I'm old right? school. Yep. I'm old school. I think that you should be whether you're a, a writer, if you're a, doing it from the on a national level, that you should always be completely objective. And I don't want to know where you went to school. That said, we all want, everybody knows it's been overdone that that Cole went to Auburn. That's yep. fine. And I didn't. I haven't rewatched it yet. Uh, but I understand he was really talking up Auburn a yeah. lot. and But here's my take on that. Uh, have it, again, having not watched it, if you're upset about that at A&M, I get it. Except that, let's say in a 60-minute game, you know, you, wanna, you want balanced coverage and balanced commentary. If you go 30 minutes talk about Auburn and 30 minutes talk about A&M, I don't know how you do anything except trash A&M for 30 minutes. And then the A&M fans would have been upset about that. Yeah. Because what are you going to – pump up about A&M based on what you saw in that game. One of the things that I'm actually very proud of in my career, when I was at ABC 13 where we could show some favoritism, if you, I would get, even on Texas board, people got upset with me for uh, the way I reported Texas doing well or the University of Houston. There were people who, like, because yeah, like, I was very balanced with that. But if you go back to my highlights of the Alabama game when Johnny was the quarterback, you could tell I was excited about those highlights. And if I were on the national level, I think people would want me to show a little bit of excitement for Texas A&M. And maybe they need to hire some more Aggies on the national level. But I guess my point is, don't make it about your school, but you're allowed to be human too. Um, I just know that when I was a uh, national writer, I did everything I could to completely divorce myself from any allegiance that's the way it should be that's the way it should be but i i also understand people can connect the dots if cole had a great relationship with cadillac and his emotions and you could tell that they were friends that happens right right and that's and that's fine but again if you're upset about it as an aggie again i would say what do you want him to say about the a&m are you gonna be hey lie to me baby lie to me we gotta go all right thank you ob we never did though with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.